Hello, and welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Sheldon Burke from the South Regional Briar College Library, and I'm filling in for Bob Anson this week, who's scheduled for his annual update, as I like to say. Um, now he's on vacation again. We do allow him to do that once in a while. Uh, we're legally allowed, um, obligated to do that, so we're going to do our best to honor that. Unfortunately, our guest for today was unable to make it this week. Um, as you know, it is flu season, so people come down with things and things happen. But I'm going to do my best to keep you guys entertained. I know this is still a free show, but we want to give you as much value as possible here in Broward County Libraries. Um, so this week is all about me and South Regional. Um, a little bit about me. I am the Reference and Information Services Supervisor here at the South Regional Broward College Library. And I've had the pleasure of working in nearly every single creation station space in Broward County. I have a background that's a little bit of a strange mix. Um, I already have a degree in history. I have my master's in library science. I'm pursuing data science. So I have my finger in every pot and I have an interest in all aspects in life. And so my articles are totally going to be different than what probably what Bob would cover, but that's totally fine. So let's just jump into it this week. I have four articles here that I want to cover. Um, some are a little ridiculous. Some are um, more serious and timely. And since it's just me, you'll just be hearing my, my thoughts on these stories. I don't think I've ever had anyone just listen to my thoughts for a long period of time. So hope you enjoy. <laughs> so let's get started. I just posted the links in the chat. And now let's get started with our first story. So our first story here is, here's why mathematicians are interested in cutting cake. I have no idea how I came across this story, none. I was just looking at um, different tech topics and somehow came across Science News, which is independent journalism since 1921, which is pretty old in America's history. So. Cutting a cake, you think it's so easy. You just have a cake, you cut it in, divide it evenly about how many people you have. Um, they're mathematicians, so of course they say one over n amount of people. You have six people, you cut it each slice into one six, and there you go, it's even. Not so fast, actually. Um, it wouldn't be so easy with mathematicians. They say, well, what if there's some frosting on one side? What if there's some extra sprinkles on the other side? How do you then de decide how it's fair? So it then gets into this principle of, I believe it's, um, I believe. So what happens is someone slices the cake and then the other person chooses the cake. And that of course would be the fairest way because you know, if you shortchange them, they'll select the bigger piece, so you know that, so you just cut it as fairly as possible. Now, that works in the sense of two people, but then what if it's more? Also, what if the cake isn't circular? What if this cake is strangely like an octagon or something like that? <laughs> so eventually this whole thing, ridiculous article goes on into how do you decide fairness in cake cutting, and it eventually gets to this ridiculous amount here that I've highlighted. So someone decided and came into a room, I guess, and just said, no, no, no. 
you guys are all wrong. Let me show you how it's done. How to decide a perfectly cut cake is to do it N to the 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 N power of cuts. So <laughs> this person decided that the best way to cut a cake fairly for five people is two to the 10 to the 2,180th power, which would mean five people will be cutting the cake into billions of times per second for 100 trillion years. And that is the fairest way to cut cake, apparently, according to mathematicians. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's worth a read. I would say definitely check out the link because it actually talks about how this has other applications in life. Um, it's talking about, let's see, how to divide land, how to decide leaders, different things like that. It's actually a fair topic to discuss. Um, so let's go on to our next topic, which gets a little bit more serious than talking about cake. Our next topic here is about the iPhone 12. Um, if you've been paying attention to the news, the iPhone 12, you'll see the headlines. Oh my God, iPhone 12, radiation levels. This is it. You're going to grow like a third nipple because you have an iPhone 12. No. So this goes into it. So what happened is that France tests radiation levels on phones. And what they found is that the iPhone 12 for a short period of time has a level that's a little bit higher than they would want. I think it's 5.6 watts versus four watts of kilogram of radiation, um, electromagnetic radiation. And no one knows why it does it. There's no explanation so far as to why this one model, the iPhone 12 is the issue. So what they're gonna do, they're gonna sort it out. Um, they're gonna do an update France is going to retest it, but until then, it seems that they're halting the sales of the iPhone 12 in France. Um, it seems to not be an issue outside of France. Um, other European nations have no issue with this, these levels. So I don't know. It's going to be up to you to decide if you want an iPhone 12. Personally, I wouldn't even go back that far on the phone. If you're going to pay that much for a phone, just get some newer phone. I'm and based on the testing, those models have no issue there. So now that we've gone to cake, to cell phones, we're going to talk about AI. Um, Bob does not like talking about AI because it's like a topic that just gets beaten to death. But I found this article, one, long, but kind of like it gets you thinking about things. Um, this one is, so this author became viral for a story that she had AI help write. And what's fascinating about it is that it's kind of a very personal story. It was a story about her sister dying of cancer. And she like tried to get chat, a chatbot to help her out with writing it. And she was saying, oh, you know, it doesn't really have the same feeling. And then eventually she got it to, to write something that was so profound more profound than anything that she would think of. And then she had to deal with the ramifications of that. Like, hey, I expect a lot of blowback for this. But then she didn't get blowback. And her article ended up in this anthology. 
and it actually went viral. And then she had to deal with blowback from the author community. Um, the community is kind of split, like, hey, you know, this is a good tool versus AI is the devil. Please do not do this ever again. Um, <laughs> and so let me check my notes real quick. This one's actually a very lengthy article, so you better clear your schedule if you're going to read this one. So I wanted to check my notes because of how lengthy this is. Um, she goes on to describe how she uses a um, AI tool that I've never heard about, PseudoWrite. Um, and so that helps, that's designed to help writers write. And she was talking about how she's on the forums. And on the forum, um, she's actually discovering that these tools meant for writers are not being used by writers, but being used by other people, which is fascinating. Um, she was talking about how her dad wrote a haiku and how clever he thinks it is. There's a mother who writes a poem for her children because she doesn't like the books that she's finding at the bookstore, different things like that. So it goes into a whole discussion that we've probably had um, on the show several times. Is AI a tool for use? Is it something that's going to end all society, take your job? Um, and it doesn't really give a definitive opinion. Um, but one thing I did leave when I when I finished reading the article, I did think about is something that I still want to beat home. And no one's really addressed this question is what happens to creativity um, in the future? I mean, if you could simply just get a machine to do all the creative things, draw art, make poems, make poetry, write stories. It's like, is that a thing that lessens with time? Or is it a muscle that we need to exercise? Like, will we lose that? I think about spell check. Um, there's some words I don't know how to spell. Like, I will just type something that seems sort of similar into Word and then word will correct it for me because I have no incentive to know how to spell certain words at all. Not at all. <laughs> Anything with an E and an I close to each other, I'm gonna get wrong. But is it like that where, because it's now a tool out there that will just do it for you, do you even need to do it anymore? So that's something to consider and that's something, a broader conversation I would love to have with you out there um, in the chat. You can add those to the comments. Please let me know what you think. I'm firmly on the side that I think it would lessen creativity if we had AI writing stories and doing art such as that. Okay? So that's just my opinion on the matter. All right. So this one is definitely one that Bob probably wouldn't cover. Um, this man, Brian Johnson, wants to live forever. Brian Johnson is a 46-year-old millionaire, and I've actually been following him on YouTube and um, other social media channels because just things I follow, he gets recommended. Um, he has this thing called Blueprint where he's working on extending his life through a series of um, well-measured changes to his life. Um, he has like red light, scalp, hat, he takes 111 pills per day. His room has nothing but just a bed. He definitely, he measures his sleep score and he has like a hundred days of a hundred score for sleeping. Um, 
I, I don't want to mention this part on the stream, but he also measures that <laughs> um, per night. And he just checks all these markers and he's saying, hey, you know, I might be 46, but my body and my organs are 18 because I eat well, you know, I sleep well, I exercise, I have all these hard regimens and I'm going to live as long as possible because what I'm doing. Um, so it's a very good article to to just go over and see like the extremes people are willing to go about nowadays to live forever. Um, it made me think on if we've gone too far with measurement tools, you know, like Fitbits and different things. Um, I think once we introduced science into it, we started to think that we can measure everything and everything is just comes down to numbers. If you have like the perfect sleep, you're clearly healthy. If you have the X amount of steps, you're clearly healthy. Um, so I don't think it's that easy to say. Um, it, it, he does have his detractors. Uh, I like the part at the later on in the article where doctors at a convention were like, you know what, this guy does not look healthy. And I kind of agree. Um, my favorite comments in a YouTube video of his was like, wow, 46, he doesn't look an, a day over like 52. Um, so there seems to be some disconnect between what he thinks is young and what other people think are young. Um, it also makes me think about, uh, is he living life? Like, yeah, you can live to 100, but if you haven't lived a day in your life, like, have you even lived? Um, because from what I can gather, and I only see snippets that he puts out there, he seems to be at home a lot. He seems to be deadly afraid of the sun. So I don't know if he's going out much. And based on his schedule, based on him taking 111 pills a day, like, can you? are you even doing anything in life other than just trying to extend the life that you're not even doing anything? So I don't know. Look over the article, come to your own conclusions. Um, to me, it just makes me think like, it's kind of a sad situation to me. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna get into it. Full disclosure, I do use red light therapy. So I'm a bit of a hypocrite on this. Um, and I do have a Fitbit that I do not remember to charge. So I have not been using it for three months. So I am definitely someone who measures certain things, but I think this whole experiment's a bit much. All right, so those are the articles that I have for you this week. They're in the chat, they're in the comments. So please review them. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think. Um, let Bob know how great I did this week, despite having no guests. Um, and. I just wanted to leave you with some things that South Regional is doing. So South Regional Briarcots Library is the best branch in all of our county. Easy. Sorry if it's not your home branch, but you know, you're always free to come. So we always have events going on. Please follow us on briar.org forward slash library slash events to follow South Regional Library and I guess the other libraries. Um, we have some things coming up this Saturday on the 23rd. We have a Hispanic book fair. 
we have on the tw- on the 30th, we have the Your Library, Your Community events where we have businesses, we have um, other community members come together. So you can learn about resources in your area. You can learn about what the library does, learn how to use our resources. Um, we also have our 40th anniversary coming up on October 31st. We will be celebrating a month-long celebration. Uh, we're celebrating the different decades. Uh, started with 1983, 1993, 2003, 2013, 2023. Um, and so we have different events. Uh, we have, from the top of my mind, we have an 80s trivia, and we also have a 90s hip hop event coming up as well. So please follow along. There's always plenty happening at South Regional Library and all the other libraries around the county. I thank you for your time. And next week, we'll have Bob back for you. Take care.